The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms. We're talking dairy. We're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable and what does it mean when they're using pesticides and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. One time is it. theme song by our friend Maida and she is amazing and probably playing around in the Twin Cities so check her out if you right. want to go have a fun live music night. Well there's a ton of Pride stuff going on too and we'll talk about that at the end of the show just so that you guys can because I remember I saw her at Pride one year and it was just a great show. Great yeah show. absolutely. Uh, this is the part of the show where we give you our top two an hour two. Give him the old one two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents Top two, top two. The top Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. All right, this is the part of the show where we tell you two things that we are obsessed with that have occurred in the last week. <laughs> Stephanie, do you sure. want to start us off? Sure, I'll start off. Um, in my foray in uh, spelunking my new neighborhood, as it goes, uh, the SLP, um, I have to tell you about, I mean, I'm, and, and again, I'm not discovering, I'm just sort of re-finding things that I have never, because there's things that you eat in your neighborhood that you don't eat when you're not in that neighborhood kind of a thing. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like pizza's that same way unless you're going to eat at a pizza place. You're not going to get pizza delivery from another place. Right. If you're you don't live there. Right? Parkway pizza. Right. Because right. you're in St. Louis Park. Right. But I have to tell you, in the Texatonka Mall, you know, there is... Uh, which is having a massive revitalization. Well, they redid it. They invested a ton of money into yeah. it, which is really brilliant, the way that they did it. Um, but yes, I've been to Revival, and there was a show listener who I who came up and said, hey, while well, Jake and I were there this last week, which was lovely. And um, and I'm waiting for Frio Frio to get open, and Katie Jardis is working hard. But I did pop into Best of India, which is an Indian food thing. And I have to tell you, I've not had great Indian food out in the Wee Subs as far out as I had been in the boondocks. But this one, I got to tell you, Best of India in the Texatonka shop, it was delicious. Oh, I love and Indian food. 
so spicy in the right way. I ordered medium and it like kicked my boots. And oh. I love that because I'm always, always wanting to order like hot because I feel like they kind of tone it down for the Minnesota kids. Yeah. This you didn't need to. I got medium because I didn't know what it was going to be like. And it was great. The tikka masala was outstanding. Oh, I cannot wait Palak to order paneer, from there. paneer, the cheese and yeah. the green sauce amazing and uh the sakura chicken sakura these little crispy chicken bits oh my god they were so good okay that sounds amazing yeah and samosas of course i always get veggie samosas and those were delicious everything was and they made it hot they were so friendly you know i just sat there and waited and we just chatted about my jeep and then i was on my way yum i love great. the yogurt sauce too that's good to know because yeah best of indian they okay. have they have lassi a guy next to me came in and ordered and he was like he's like i need that mango lassi man you know and he was all about it so i was like okay next I'm getting the lassi. Okay. And that's the yogurt drink. Yes. That's like the mango yogurt drink, which of course helps with your burning mouth from your tikka masala. That's why I like the yogurt sauce. I know. So best of India in the Texatonka Mall. I'm giving them my stamp of heat approval. Okay. So Stephanie, you're going to know more about this than I am. So I'm just going to tell you what it is and then you're going to help me explain it. Okay. I had a drink. Oh. That was one of the most beautiful drinks I've ever had. Yeah. Not only in the flavor of it, but also in the presentation. It was called the Fiore, mm-hmm. and it was at Josefina's in Wyzetta, the Danny Del Prado restaurant that took over the Belcour space from Gavin Kaysen. Yep. It was served in like a big snifter. Yep. And it was yellow, and it had a big round sphere of ice, and inside that round sphere of ice was a gorgeous yellow flower. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they put that drink in front of me and I just felt like I was transported to somewhere else. Yeah. It was probably the highlight of my whole meal. Wow. And that's, they have good food. Was it delicious or was it just so pretty? No, it was delicious too. And it was like the sphere ice melts slower. So it like the drink didn't get all diluted quickly. Right. It just, everything about it was amazing. And I asked the bartender, I'm like, who designed this drink menu? And he said, oh, this woman, she does all of our drink menus, but he didn't say who the woman was. Megan Lutke is the woman behind the bar menus at Josefina and now Martina and Colita and all of them now. And Megan Lutke, you did amazing. Well, and that ice is made by Minnesota Pure Clear Ice. Which is our friend. Yeah, Eric Eastman and uh, those guys. So they, I mean, they worked with Danny and those guys to put these flowers into these ice cubes and it's just gorgeous. And no one else is doing that. Like, that's kind of a unique thing. No, uh uh-uh. No. Um, And I couldn't even tell you what was in the drink, friends. It was bubbly a little bit, a little effervescent. It was lime and lemony. And I didn't recognize any of the spirits that were in there. Oh, great. (laughs) I just like loved it. That's so fun. It's called the Fiore. Fiore. Okay. Um, My second one is actually, we took a little trip down to Apple Valley yesterday. (laughs) The valley that is the apple. The valley of apples from where Sally resides. Um, Sally Apple Valley. Sally Apple Valley. We went to, um, we were going to go to Ikea and then we just kept going. And then I was like, uh, I missed it by about 15 minutes. uh, Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I know that Relena, you know, Ms. Relena Young and... Uh, her crew that they were opening something down there. And so they have taken over the poor Richards that was in front of the fresh time market right off of one forty seventh or one. I don't even know the road. That's right. But uh, they have taken that over and they've done something called the misfit collective. And it's basically like, I don't want to call it a food hall because that's not what it is, but it is a multi multiple concepts in one space. And we ended up, 
just popping down to see what it was all about because she and I had talked about it and I was like, I kind of want to know. I'll be in the quote unquote neighborhood and it is spectacular, you guys. And like the design that these guys have is so cool and it's just like all black, but it's like not heavy and oppressive. It's very smart and modern. Yeah, it's very modern. So they have a coffee bar. They've got like a pizza type, you know, area to sit down and eat. They've got the bar that called the ratio, the bar area where you're going to have cocktails and things. But And then they have the outdoor patio area. That's sort of like they've got some outdoor fire cooking. They've got uh, Sergio doing Mexican food in the back. But let me tell you that they have a live fire line, which means it's, remember in Bloom, it's the same thing as in Bloom. It's live fire, and they're only cooking on fire. Like, they're cooking scallops on wood fire. Love it. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. They're only, they're opening... It, next week, so I got a little sneaky peek, but uh, I'm wait for more on this because I'm going to go eat there. How exciting for Apple Valley because they yes. don't have a lot. No, there's a lot. I mean, nice like for... turning onto that street, I was like, wow, there's every chain imaginable yeah. here, every chain. So I was happy to see the fact that they're they're doing some. They do a lot of original stuff. They don't get enough credit, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so that's the Misfit Collective yeah. in Apple Valley. Mm-hmm. Open next week, though. All right. Um, I had. I don't know why I always talk about drinks on this show, but maybe it's because I drink. Yeah, maybe it's because you drink. Uh, The Oudipil's Pontoon Afternoon Raspberry Kolsch. Have you had this one yet? No. Um, I don't know if I have, but I do like Kolsch. I I know. That's why I brought this to you, Stephanie. They're so clean and good. And it's very effervescent. It's very fresh. It's very light on the raspberry, so it's almost like a hint of it after the fact. It's not like that super forward, sugary... It was just, if I, I didn't think I was going to love a raspberry beer. And actually the guy at Cedar Lake Liquors, Rodney, I believe his name was, recommended it. He goes, have you had that yet? And I was like, no, but they're a neighbor. So I grabbed it and it was quite good. Really enjoyed it. And a second little bonus one is the Tattersall Cosmo Blanco I finally had. Oh, you did? It's great. Yeah. Loved it. It comes in a little like one serving, maybe two servings bottle of it's little. It's oh, yeah. right at the front desk. When oh, is you it? Okay. Check out places. Sure. And yeah, the Cosmo Blanco. I've enjoyed it. I put it on very ice. Very good. I threw some pamplemousse in there. I'm happy. Pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. Which is the we we call it La Crotch. La Crotch. At our house. Me but, too. You know. All like, right. So those are the things that we are excited about for top two in hour two. And we're gonna go ahead and take a break. And we're gonna come back and talk about my obsession with Fourth of July cakes because it's a thing when we come back. By now you've heard about the crazy real estate market and how homes are going for multiple offers. Well, friends, if you're thinking about selling, call Carrie and Sue at Lakes Area Realty and get started so that you can take advantage of getting top dollar for your home. This is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish, and I bought and sold a home last year with the incredible team of Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty. The market moves really fast, and Sue and Carrie were able to help me get my home ready and on the market in three days. They even helped me hire a cleaner and a painter to make those finishing touches that can get you top dollar for your home. Carrie and Sue offer a free staging service where a professional stager comes into your home and tells you what pictures to take down, what furniture to move to the garage, all to get you top dollar for your home in this crazy market that doesn't seem nearly as crazy when you work with experienced people that listen to you and help you get your place ready to sell. Carrie and Sue at Lakes Area Realty are not a large team. Each time you go through a home, you deal with them directly. I had a great experience, so find Carrie Elks, C-A-R-R-I-E, and Sue Durfee at CarrieandSue.com if you're buying or selling a house. That's Carrie and Sue at CarrieandSue.com from Lakes Area Realty. A little Justin Bieber for you. The dulcet tones of you know, Justin Bieber. 
and I kind of like him. I don't. I didn't used to like him, but I do now. I also didn't used to like Miley Cyrus, and I do now. You know, people change. Well, I change. You change. I was going to say. Change. I think so. Here's what has not changed, friends. My obsession with Fourth of July cakes. Yeah, you are like on it, like like on it. I don't know why, because I, you know, would you call yourself a Pinterest person? Mm-mm. Me neither. I used to be, and then I have gone in like spritz again. But I mean, like it's more about. I apparently I had a thing on my phone, <laughs> some sort of app that was posting everything that I that I posted on Instagram to Pinterest. So I have like, oh, <laughs> I, know, I didn't know it. And I was looking at house stuff and I went through and I was like, wow, that's all of my stuff. That's weird. Is on Pinterest. Yeah. I like Pinterest, but I never find myself there. Like yeah. it you, would be if I was at a doctor appointment and I had been waiting way too long and I'd gone through every other every app other first. app. You've already you've yes. exhausted your Instagram or I'm in the middle of the night and I can't sleep and everything else is done and I'm like still awake and I can't Why? start reading a book. Did Instagram just take over Pinterest, you think? I mean, like it was just a little bit more like Pinterest used to be where you would collect things. And I would like, oh, I'm redoing a bathroom. I want to look at cool tile and I'd collect it there. But then once I did the tile job, I would never go back to it. Yeah. And I think Pinterest too, like everything became really, and as I'm a blogger, so there's this, but it all became bloggy. Like, oh, the world's best potato salad. And then there'd be a picture with some Canva graphics and then you'd click in it. And 52,000 ads would appear. Yeah. And then you'd scroll down and then two more pop-ups and then you'd scroll down I kind of do hate that about food blogging. And I have that on my site. I have two ads that come up. It's like the only way you can make any money, people. I get it. I get my check for $50 a month and have to irritate you all to do it. But it does pay for the hosting. So there's that. There's that. Uh, The inside world of a blogger. Anyway, I am obsessed with 4th of July cakes. Right. And I, I just, my niece is 10. And she's really, her name's Skylar. She's really excited about baking. And she loves, like, she looks at Zoe on Instagram. And our birthdays are in the same month. So we decided that we were going to make a cake together. And for Christmas, she got all the fancy cake baking stuff. Yeah. And I didn't want to, like, put a ton of pressure on her at the cabin to, like, make this cake. So I was like, well, let's make a cake together. And we'll make a cake with, like, whipped cream and strawberries. Because I know she likes that. So she was like, yes, let's do it. So we ended up making a boxed cake, which was very easy. And uh, I'm just yes. going to go boxed on record cakes here. Are fine. They're so fine. We don't even need to make from scratch cakes. I, I would say that they each have their place in your life. And I don't think one precludes the other. I think you can make a... I would never... My mom's pound cake, that is a superior... That's not the same. But that's a superior cake. 100%. And then, and then I would say I would make that from scratch. But then if I was going to make a birthday cake that I wanted to stack six high, of course I'm going to use a Betty Crocker cake. Okay, let me get more specific then, because okay. I would agree with you 100% on your mom's pound cake. Yeah. White cake. Like, oh. You know, like a white okay. cake, you're not going to make a better from scratch white cake than you're right. Betty Crocker. I don't think I've ever done that. You're not. You can amp it up, like, which is what we did. You could put custard in the middle. You could put lemon curd. Like, there's a million things you can do. But I just, I've made, like, from scratch cakes. Now, chocolate can be different because the box chocolate yeah. cake is pretty sweet. It's excellent, but it's pretty sweet. Well, it also has, it also sometimes just has a, a very strange, in my mind, chemical-y tang to it. Or a metallic yeah, I, 
tang to the chocolate. I don't know why. I totally can see that because I, I feel that way about Hershey's too. But I'm not. Well, that's they specifically want you to have that mouth burn. They want you to have that. Ugh. I know. Um, but so chocolate cake, I can see making from scratch. White, no, thank you. Just make the box. Okay. Anyway, so we make the box, and then we whipped the cream. And did you know if you put cream of tartar, which is in your cupboard, and you don't know why you have it, because yep. like a weird recipe will call for it every but hundredth bakers recipe. Know. Bakers know. Yeah, it basically stabilizes the whipped cream. Yeah. So that you can get a more of a frosting feel out of your whipped cream mm-hmm. instead of just. It's like meringue a powder cream. too. Yeah, we'll do that. By the way, if you don't have meringue powder, get some in here. Yeah, I don't. You don't really Can I need some of this for oh, the I same love reason. Meringue powder. It's so easy. It's just right in the baking area at Lunds. I always just I always have a thing of it because it helps your it helps your egg whites become more stable. It helps everything just become more stable because it's it's egg whites. Yeah, like cream of tartar, I yeah. suppose. Um, you can also so you're whipping your cream. You put your cream of tartar in there. You can also put like mascarpone. Oh. You can put cream cheese. Like whatever you want to make this frosting concoction. Yeah. We were at the lake, so we just had cream of tartar and whipped cream and sugar. Yeah. But we made it like thicker, like a whipped, more of a whipped, so we could frost this cake. Yeah. So we put a layer in the middle and then she put all the strawberries on and she made a little design in the middle. Then we put the second layer of cake on and then we frosted the top in this. I've made it a couple ways. I've made it where the middle's open so you can see the strawberries inside the middle. Yep. And I've made it where we've frosted the sides with the whipped cream. I've done it where it's been rustic. I've done it where it's been flat, where you take a scraper and kind of make it pretty. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing these cakes all over the internet now that have like blueberries and raspberries and strawberries all pressed into the sides. Yeah. You could do it like that. But this is a great cake for 4th of July because it's easy. Yeah. And you can do it with kids. Oh, yeah. So I'm. But I mean, these cakes have been around forever, right? This is one of those yes. things. Like, I feel like we've been making 4th of July cakes forever. Yes. But then all of a sudden somebody snaps a picture of it and it's like new. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. And Ina Garten has a good 4th of July cake. She makes a sheet cake and her and um, Martha Stewart kind of have a similar plan. Yeah. They do like an eight and a half by 11 and they make a flag out of it. And they do the piping of the like cream cheese frosting. They're like, and then the blueberries and the strawberries. Yeah. Which is fine. You can make strawberry halves or you can make slices and like layer them in a fan, which looks kind of pretty. That does look pretty. I do like that. I mean, I think it's beautiful and I always feel like bad when you cut into it in a weird way. But I also love the fact that it's just a fresh fruit cake. You know what I mean? Instead of like, I love the fact of having that sweet and that extra little bit come from the fruit and not so much from the frosting. Yes. Like, I don't want frosting roses and frosting things. Me neither. I just want fresh fruit. And if it can be a whipped cream frosting that has, you know, just, I mean, I'm fine with it being barely anything more yeah, than whipped cream. That's, people loved it. Like, it was so light and it was after dinner. So, yeah. And you can put blueberries in the middle. You could even put like a raspberry jam if you wanted to and then top it. You know, you can do a lot with yeah, that. Yeah, there's a, well, yeah, there's a, I mean, God, yeah, do your filling like a raspberry, like a Linder tort almost and yeah. just use raspberry jam in the middle. That's amazing. Yes. So that was what we did. But then I saw someone that took sugar cookie dough. Okay. Um, From, you know, Pillsbury or whatever and rolled it out into an eight and a half by 11 sheet pan. And then they put the plomp, plomp, plomp cream cheese stars. Yeah. And then they did the strawberries and the blueberries. But the base was sugar cookie. So it wasn't a cake. It was a cookie. It was a cookie. And I thought, you know, if you have kids, if you're grandma, because Stephanie's going to be a grandma. So if you are trying to find fun things to do with kids, 
that could be really fun and is a little less fussy than a cake, but still gives you that 4th of July feeling. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. I don't have 4th of July crafting. I got to be honest with you. I am like, I, I, I think I've gone on record and said this before. I just, I'm not, I don't mean to be a downer on it. I just don't love the 4th of July. It's not that the holiday isn't wonderful and patriotic and I love America and fireworks. I just, the pressure of having either, I used to have the pool house, right? So everybody had to come over to the pool. That's a lot of pressure right. to A, get the pool right, and B, to have everybody over on a hot day. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, this and is kind of how I feel about Easter. And Yeah, and it, but it's worse because at least Easter, there's something, a reason for it. But there's the expectation of 4th of July is that... Also, like the fireworks happen at 10 p.m., but people want to come over at 4 p.m. Yes, and you're they like, do. so I have to find six hours of stuff for you to do? Yes, That's you a do. lot. Yeah. I and have a hard time with fortune. I could just rather go to movies if you and a, just not do anything. This is funny. If you have a cabin or a pool or a lake home, people are like, oh, what, what are you are doing you for doing the 4th of July? Lord. I know. Um, oh, I've okay. had so many parties that I've just been like, I wish everyone would go home. It's <laughs> just funny. Yeah. Uh, there is a recipe and I will post these recipes. We haven't put anything up on Facebook yet. I don't even know if our new producer knows how to do that. So we'll check with her. I've thrown a few things up there. But... Um, red, white, and blue cheesecake bars. I said it. Bars. You did. Bars. We're going to come back with some yeah, restaurant let's news. Let's do it. Hello, Weekly Disher. Spring has sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They eat even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday. Here's a little FYI, gang. We are going to be off next week because we are, it's going to be the fourth weekend and we do holidays now. <laughs> Suddenly, we do. We do holidays. So we are going to be off just to let you know. So send us any notes or any questions you have if you're cooking for the big, you know, super fun, best favorite holiday ever. And <laughs> <laughs> just put some weenies on a stick, yo. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, hey, I did want to talk a little bit about some restaurant news since we had the time Please. and the moments. And you've been out of, you've been so busy the last couple of yeah. minutes. So I thought, let's run down some stuff, right? Um, first of all, let's talk about Dukes on 7th is open. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Super cute. It I got to really say. Cute. They do such a good job. The craft and crew guys, um, you know, they're behind Stanley's Pub 819 and Hopkins. They've got... 
the how and the block and all the rest. They have opened this. They've taken over the Christos spot on mm-hmm. Minnetonka or on uh, Highway Seven in Minnetonka, and they've revamped it. And with the blessing of Gus from Christos, you know, so it's lovely. They have a huge patio. I know I've been talking about this for days, but basically, it's a 170 seat patio. I feel like we don't see those being open anymore. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, not like in that giant size. Everyone's no. got a little smaller footprint. Yeah, so they're open. They're, it's dog friendly. Which they do such a good job they with dogs. Really do. They have a special menu for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They give water Winnie, to them. Winnie loves the turkey meatloaf. Yeah, you know? that's a mutt loaf. Yeah. Isn't it called the mutt loaf? Oh, I don't know. But it's <laughs> I basically, think it is. Uh, and they told me that they have sold yo since they started like 56,000 pet meals. I'm having a hard what? time taking you seriously because that is like the fourth time you've said yo. Oh, I say it all the time. It's so funny because it reminds me of our old Weekly Dish song, like, Weekly, Weekly Dish, yo. yo. I say it all the time. You do. It's funny. So I'm sure now I'll get an email from someone oh, telling me how boy. horrible it is. So yeah, whatever. whatever. Save your emails. Yo. <laughs> but we I'm real- telling you, 56,000 dog meals. That's, that's a lot. Hello. And also, the thing is, is like, dogs can't really complain, which is really great. <laughs> Think about it. No dog is going to be like, you know what, this meatloaf, um... It could use some more onions. Or like, I'm sorry, there are onions in this meatloaf? That is really funny. I never thought about that. I know. I asked them about that. I asked Luke about it, and I was like, that's got to be the nicest customer you ever have. Yeah, they're so appreciative. I know. It's kind of perfect that way. Um, So that's that's a thing that is open, um, and that is uh, kind of cool. Here's a, there's a new Hmong food truck running around. Ooh, it sounds good. It's not Union Hmong Kitchen. I know. I was like, we get another one. Hill Tribe Station um, is the new Hmong food truck kind of hitting the streets. Jer Vang is the guy behind it. And I think a guy named Chris, and I wasn't, or a person named Chris, and I wasn't sure if it was Chris Her who used to be with Union Hmong Kitchen or not, so I didn't want to put that in there. Sure. But this, uh, you look for the Hill Tribe Station truck doing uh, chicken with crispy, sticky rice. Hill Tribe Chicken with sticky rice. They're doing Hmong sausage with roti. They've got some salads on the sides. They're at Blackstack Brewing tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. Yesterday they were, and today they're out at White Bear Lake. Okay. So, but here's the thing: is like if we get, I mean, like I love Yevang and the fact that Vinai is is kind of flowing and getting ready to open. Like if we can get, how more, close are we to that? Uh, I just some point this summer is what okay. I okay. All right. But if we can get that going and get more Hmong sure. cooks and chefs out there, that's God. That's the better for us, right? Yes, I believe it. I'm a little a, success floats all the boats. Right. I think so. And I'm sort of very excited to see, you know, there's a lot of new food trucks that are kind of popping up. And I'm, I, you know, because it is an easier entry into the restaurant business than, you know, a lot of what a lot of people are finding. that the brick and mortar. Yeah. yeah. It's just too much. So, um, but just to let you know that, that's kind of a decent thing. Um, also, uh, Lowry Hill Meats, by the way, is back open inside. Oh, that is the best news of the day. Don't you think? I love that place. And it was okay. To, I ordered during the pandemic. Did you? And I would go up to the table and, yeah. But I'm glad to be able to go inside because I like to look around there. Yeah, I do too. And also, I thought that, like, um, I just think, like, looking at the meat case and kind of going, thinking about what you want to eat, that's a big piece of how I shop. Right. Like, I'm yeah. very much into that idea of, like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm eating yet, but what do you have? And then right. I'll make my world around that. You know, that's Absolutely. kind of Absolutely. 
Um, did you hear that People's Organic is coming to gallery, coming leaving Galleria and moving to Southdale? I did hear that, and they're getting a bigger space yeah. and more space. Fire pits. They're having a huge outdoor patio, live music. Looks like they're going to open next week. Okay. I know. So that's kind of, it's a coffee and wine cafe, just like the other ones, but that's kind of what that business is. That's kind of shocking. Um, and then uh, there is a lot of, I'm just trying to remember what I was going to make sure to tell you guys, um, that Shells opened their a tap room down in New Ulm. They have a beer hall down there that they are doing. How funny is that? Because like they do the Bach Fest and I like going to Shell's Bach Fest is a highlight of a Minnesota life. I'm just going to tell you that it's so fun. And they haven't really had a tap room. Totally. It's so funny and long overdue. I know. And they had it's a part of their new visitor center has 20 tap lines. It's full of Greenbelt and Shell's, you know, fan favorites. Um, They've got a shady patio in the back. I don't know. I'm excited. Their, their brewery tours are back on and people are very excited about it. Um, and you heard about Hope Breakfast Bar is coming to St. Louis Park. I did. I did. I'm excited about that. Anything coming to the hood? Because I still feel like we have um, the ability to have some more things over on the west side. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a lot more coming to like even farther west. That is like some stuff that we're not talking about yet, but necessarily it's coming soon. Right. Um, but there's I think there's it's an interesting thing. So I did talk to one restaurateur who I'm not going to name him because he was, you know, it's not it's his business Off to put it out. But he said that he's being courted by some people in North Loop, right? So, like, these restaurateurs are being asked, like, hey, we've got this space. Wouldn't it be great if you did this? And he's saying that a lot of the restaurant people are saying are the idea of, like, when you go into a restaurant space or a space and then you as the restaurateur, like, outfit the space. Like, yeah, you, you do the build out. Yeah, you do the build out. And normally there is something called TI, which is tenant improvement dollars. So the landlord may chuck in 20 percent and you do 80 percent. Well, the restaurants are now saying, look, if I outfit your space for you, you're going to keep it if I go under and everything else. So why am I paying for it? I think you have to pay the 80% and I'll do the 20%. And a lot of the landlords are like balking at this, but they're not getting the people they want. And so I think this is interesting because it's like they all want to bet on the tried and true restaurant tours, right? But those are the guys who are saying, look, I've just fought my way through a year. And and it was not easy, and I can't afford to just gamble away what that looks like next time. And so, a lot of people, uh, and there are some landlords who I hear who are who are understanding that and and almost investing back into that restaurant, which is and how why it should shouldn't be. you? It's how it should be. Yes, and it would be the same. You know, malls are investing in in retailers. Malls are investing in local retail. The flexibility in leases and contracts. It, if you have a huge apartment building and you've got retail on the main floor and you don't have a restaurant, right? you're not doing great. Right. So, yeah. There's a lot of people when we're looking at, like, you know, the building boom that happens. So we're all saying, you know, like, there's all this talk about how density has to improve, you know, to improve things in Minneapolis. And then how they have to, the building boom is a big part of it and how that's going to start coming back. But the truth is, is that you have to, com- you have to contribute the lifestyle to the area. Yeah. I and- counted a six, I counted, I think, nine people in a six car light rail going down the green line. And I was like, until people come back to these cities. 
you you can't get the vitality. You're not going to have the markets. You're not going to have the stuff. They do have the Nicollet Farmers Market open. Yeah, it's during open. the week, and it's good to see people coming back to downtown. And I think the bulk are coming. More are coming back after Fourth of July. I do too. I think a lot of businesses. I think Thrivent is one of the big mm-hmm. ones that's coming back after Fourth of July. And then there's a whole nother wave that's coming the day after Labor Day because one of the things no one's talking about with the pandemic is still daycares being not open. Right. And the ones that are open being understaffed. We really need to just get back to whatever normal was. Well, and I don't, you or know, the new normal, the new normal, right? Because I do think there are things that are going to change and there's yes. things that are going to the way that people do this is different. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I think about all of the Skyway restaurants that we don't even ever talk about, you know, and did they just disappear? Yeah. You know, like Allie's Deli was my favorite little Skyway restaurant and it was attached. It was very close to. Um, my work office, which is now moving anyway, but like those kind of places, I just don't know how, like, will they come back? I don't know. Because how much it probably won't be that same density. They'll probably be like a three day a week hit. Maybe there's a whole weird subculture too of eating. So you eat in your neighborhood, things like pizza, deli, maybe a burger, grab and go, maybe you have your local brewery. And then there's like your eating that's not in your neighborhood. That's more of your destination eating. Mm -hmm. And then there's even like then your special occasion eating or your festival eating. Like there's all these types of categories. But we really don't talk very much about the places we eat the most, which are kind of those neighborhood places that, you know, like in our case, a Schuler's Tavern. Yeah. You know, where that's where or Chesterfield's VFW or, you know, the places that you pop in and just grab something because it's close to your house. Yeah. No, I mean, the neighborhood, the neighborhood mix for sure. I think they say, you know, the neighborhood mix is what survived this year. That's interesting. You know, that those people were supported by their neighbors because they needed the coffee shop in the neighborhood. And those absolutely made a bigger dent in survival than others did. Than the destination places who had a harder time, um, who had to rely more on those crazy takeout schemes and things like that. So I do think that we're looking at that. I think that that's also why places like, you know, we just talked about those guys moving to Apple Valley and, yep. you know, the like the downtown restaurant is one thing. Even the Craft and Crew guys, the Dukes on 7th, you know, like they're not downtown. The closest they have is Stanley's in Northeast, but it's not, you know, it's not anything that's like right in the city center. So I think we're going to see how those mixes, but the landlords are going to have to be a part of the solution to all of this. And that's what I'm interested to see how the city comes to help the landlords and the landlords come to help the restaurants and how we can get all of that entire thing back. So, and it's an ecosystem, right? It is. It is an ecosystem. It it goes out from there to the distilleries, to the wineries, to the breweries. Right. right. And I mean, I think the butcher tale, you know, which is the butcher and the boar remake. I mean, they're doing fine from what I hear. They're making money. They're busy. So again, it's like that thing of like, you know, I know there's a lot of pride uh, rooftop stuff at Crave this weekend. A lot of drag brunches. Those are sold out. So people are coming back for a reason. Right. So we just have to give them the reason and we have to make sure that it's a part of their life. So there you go. That's it. That's what we're talking about. So we're going to take a quick break. You guys, when we come back, we're going to wrap it up for you. Yeah. We'll be right back. Oh, Taylor. T-Swift, you little willow. T-Swifty. Yeah. Have you listened to these records in their entirety? Evermore and folklore? Zero. If, if you have a spare 45 minutes, I'd encourage you. They're quite good. I think the last thing I listened to entirety was, you know, the Weezer cover hit album. That was it. 
Really? Oh, I might have missed that one. Yeah, no, I mean... Sounds I, good. But I'm on the Spotify, you know, I'm on the Spotify on the teenagers playlist. Yeah, things. we should tell people, too, that you have a great cooking playlist called the boiling bones yeah have you not added to it in a while no i haven't it's full of jams i'm making a new one for the slp house so i'm making a new cooking playlist but i have to actually get my kitchen unpacked before i start i understand these these things yeah um yeah 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 i am loading up the car with vintage cabiny dishware to go to the cabin to start cooking from my garden and writing recipes and photographing them yeah and I like have a box of stuff because, you know, you need props. You can't use the same place. That's hard. I didn't think about that. You don't it's have really hard. You don't have up there necessarily all the things that you're used no, to using either. I don't. And so and part of that is the charm of the cookbook. Like one recipe I wrote, I wrote that it should be Kerrygold butter. Yeah. And my husband was like, um, at the cabin, we never have that butter. And so I was he's like, you're right. You true. Yeah. I was like, you're right. And we wouldn't go to the store just to get that butter. I no. might at home if, cause it was a pie. Yeah. And he's like, we just use regular butter, wow. regular unsalted butter. So yeah, again, the family is keeping writing you the cookbook. Tr- well, they're me. keeping you real. I love that. I <laughs> yes. love that. That's really nice. Uh, yeah. So, and just, you know, when you're making things that you don't normally have, like, I don't really have an immersion blender at the cabin. Oh, I have a Cuisinart. And that's okay. how we blend everything. Right. So. I think that's a good idea. If you are doing a cabin cookbook, it has to be true to a limited way of doing things. Yeah. And just like the type of bowls and yeah. everything is different. Different. Mm-hmm. It's like second tier. It's not the first line of, you know. Yes. It's not your first line of goods. Though, yeah. I don't know a lot of, maybe a lot of, I don't know. Our our food processor at our cabin, our Cuisinart, gets a lot of use. Oh, yeah. Because we make dough in it all the time. Oh, right, right. Totally, because you make so many pizzas. And then we have the ice cream maker, which we only use with your recipe. And we don't make ice cream as much. Ice cream's kind of a seasonal thing, though. Yeah, you don't really make it in the winter. No. no. So and, you're never up there for it. But yeah. I, I just realized I don't have space for my for my ice cream maker. I have to find where it's going to go. Cause, well, that's a real thing. Uh-huh. When you move in a kitchen and eat, like this kitchen was designed for the woman who I bought the house from. Yeah. And she had a, a slow cooker. So like I have a pot spot for the Instant Pot. I have a, we have though the air fryers in the garage because I can't stand the smell. Oh. And we have a, a big Cuisinart air fryer that my friend Jen gave me. And I, we like it. Yeah. But it's in the garage. I don't every it's funny because everyone is like, Wow, you have so much counter space and you have so many so you have so much storage and I keep saying, Where do you think this storage is? Like, do you not know how much stuff I have? Like Yeah, my, I have a lot of stuff too. The rental, leaving the Orinal rental, there was a lot of space. And this is weirdly like they bought they put in those cabinets that have like the bottom shelf that slides out, uh-huh. but there's no top shelf then. So then that's only bottom shelf. Right. So I'm like, I have way more I need both shelves. I'd rather slide it out myself and then have the, the space to stack above it. It's You're going to probably have to buy stackers. Well, I have to figure this out and I can't figure it out until I live in it and get frustrated by it. So I know that like I was walking around and with my giant bowl set and I was like, well, there's only one cupboard that fits these bowls. So yes. that's where that goes now. And I have a closet in my office that's full of kitchen stuff that you really? is like staging stuff or like when we do TV, yeah. you know, we need like extra things that you use that look better on TV that maybe you wouldn't always use in your kitchen per se. Yeah. So I have, I actually, I'm going to confess, in a couple of weeks, 
I'm having a lady whose name, she does Zestful Designs. She's coming in to help me organize my pantry, my spice cabinet. Oh, Because I can't find anything, and it bugs. Okay. And I interviewed her. to see how that goes. Yeah, I interviewed her for the podcast. She's an organizer. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just try this. So I hired her to help me with just a couple of closets. I feel like I am way too self controlly like to have someone tell me how to do an organization thing, I would be like, well, but no, that's not how this works. But like I have 30 hot sauces. Yeah. And I don't really want to have less than 30. I enjoy them and we use them for different things. Yeah. But they're all just like shoved in a cupboard and I can't find anything else. And I don't want to go to the cabinet store. I don't want to go to the bed, bath and crap. You want her to do that. You want her to look at your space and tell I want her to do it. Okay. She's going to make the recommendations and then I'm going to be like, yeah, you just do this while I'm gone someday and I'll come home and it's all done. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm interested spoiled. to see how it goes. Yeah, you're getting a little I'm just like, privilege-y. yeah, I don't want to organize my hot sauces. Someone I want else someone can, else to do it for I'm me. i pay an intern to do my hot sauces. <laughs> anybody want to intern for me, I would do it in a minute. Oh my God. Someone was hiring someone for like five hours a week. I was like, oh, that would be excellent. But like, I would have to take 10 hours to explain what to do. This is the so thing. So I never do it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm telling you. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. So. So there's some pride stuff going on this weekend. I want to make sure we talk about. I think our producer has a question. Oh, what's Hi, up, friend? Rachel? Hi, I'm sorry. Um, We just got a call from Kathy and she wanted um a refresher on, you ta- You were talking about the breakfast bar, the Hope Breakfast oh, Bar. Oh, yeah. yes. She, um, she missed the last part of it. She wanted to know where it's at and sure, more sure, details sure. about that. St. Louis Park, friend. Yeah, they're going into the West End area. They're going in right in the old, uh, it was the. It was called like Blue Fox uh, yeah, Indian, Indian cuisine. Mm-hmm. And so it's right by the local and it's right by Rojo. It's in between them. And so it's just going to be right there. And they're redoing it all. They're hoping they'd be open by September. It'll be great. So it'll be a great breakfast and coffee because there is no coffee over there. I think there's a caribou there way on the other caribou. side. There's not like good like hanging out coffee shops. There's one no. in Br- well, Bryn Mawr. That co- there's the, the Caribou over there actually is the it has a Caribou uh, Burgers spot on the other side of the road there, and that is where that is a hot business deal making spot. Lots of people go there. But we need more. Oh, I yes, absolutely. I'm not against that. Um, I did want to talk about Pride stuff this weekend Please. before we go because I do think that there's a cool menu at Parlor Bar. That was written by uh, LGBTQ plus staff like their their own staff made a bunch of cocktails. You buy one of the special sippers and a dollar goes to Outfront Minnesota, which helps, you know, protect, uh, you know, out in LGBTQ people. And it's their great cocktails. I mean, they look really fun. So I think if you just even go they and have, have a the cocktail. Barbara Streisand or Rue something. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Come on. I would drink a Rhubarbra Streisand. Oh, my God. You would also love maybe the gay gayviation. Yeah, I would like that. Gin, you Any know, lemon. Gay cocktails, I'm here for it. I know. The uh the Waparol spritz. You love. gotta love that. <laughs> love. So that's a lot of fun. I think that's really great at uh at parlor bars. You can go do that. There are some tickets or there were some tickets left for the drag the rooftop drag brunch at Crave. Pri- I sent that to Ellie. Pride in the sky. It's like that'd be so fun. Go. I know. They have a couple of little high school friends who still want to go to a drag brunch before they all go to college. And so I was like, I gotta figure it out. But this is not the like this is too much. This weekend will be crazy. Let's yeah. do it another weekend and that stuff. But there's also um you can buy those little cute conchas, those rainbow colored conchas, which are those sweet Mexican breads at Vivier. And you can find fun stuff like this all over the place. There was a block party, I think, last night or tonight too. 
And it's in ju- mid-July, the, the Pride big event one, will happen. Yeah, the big event is happening in July, um, which they've just bumped it out, which is kind of fun and good. Super and fun. Yeah. All right, so you get a great weekend to move into your house yep. and get things organized. One last thing I want to let you know, guys, it's time to enter for the Blue Ribbon. We'll talk about that in two weeks.